Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska, where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Thank you, Scott. Welcome aboard, everybody, to the Must Read Alaska show, coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. Say, so guess who we have on the show today? We've got somebody that you're going to really want to hear from. We've got Jamie Allard, the Assemblywoman from Eagle River, Chugiak, who is now running for House. And we're going to find out what she has to say about her campaign and what the heck the Anchorage Assembly is trying to do by shutting down observer access over at the vote counting um, office at the elections office. And that's going to be a really interesting conversation you're not going to want to miss. But first, I'm Suzanne Downing, and my co-host, John Quick, is on the other mic. Scott is the master of the universe as our producer, and you can hear him on the Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday edition of Must Read Alaska show. And he hosts that, and I sometimes join him and, and help out and chime in. And, and I think last week he had Spencer Moore as one of his guest hosts. That was great. John, quick, tell us what's weird on the Kenai Peninsula this week. <laughs> well, hi, Suzanne. And I'm so excited that we have Jamie Aller on today. Um, she has been a hero for conservatives all over the state, giving people a, a hope that uh, there is still uh, change that conservatives can do, uh, not only as elected officials, but um, uh, folks uh, gearing up and showing up to um, assembly meetings and, and city council meetings. She has been just amazing at being able to do that and rally the troops. So I'm excited to hear from her, but uh, first we'll talk a little bit about uh, what's happening on the Kenai Peninsula Borough some very exciting stuff has happened in the city of Kenai in this last week. So there's been a newly uh, elected city council member. His name is James Bazden. James was the former chief of staff for the borough. He's a longtime fire chief um, uh, here in Alaska. And he came in with a couple campaign promises. One, he was not going to take a paycheck. So he was going to donate every every uh, paycheck that he gets every month. Now it's only 500 bucks, but it's 500 bucks. He's going to donate it every month to a new charity uh, that's in and around the city of Kenai, which I just think is phenomenal. I think more elected officials should follow that suit. Um, and then the second campaign promise was to do something about COVID mandates. And so he presented a resolution that uh, the city of Kenai would be opposed to any mask mandates or vaccine requirements, uh, not only within the city of Kenai staff, but also uh, businesses in and around this, the city of Kenai. And I gotta hand it to James because not everybody on the city of Kenai council are staunch conservatives. And you know that's part what makes America great is everybody from all walks of life can uh, run for elected positions. And he got this thing passed unanimously, which is a bit of a miracle uh, because uh, the, uh, the council often votes, you know, 5-4, whatever, is pretty split on these kind of decisions. And he was able to get it passed unanimously. So good news for okay. the city of Kenai. That um, is amazing news. And I'm just wondering if Scott Levesque, as our producer, has a, an applause button that he can hit at some point, because like that is 
really amazing. And he, and he just got on the city council. So it's not like he's been at this elected position for years and years. I mean, he just got it on in October, right? Yeah, he just got on. And, you know, I hope, I hope Jane stays a while in politics because he's a guy who doesn't need a job. He doesn't need the money. He could be retired on a beach in, you know, Tahiti or whatever, but he chooses to volunteer and he's got some good ideas. And I look forward to seeing what he does with his political career. Well, and our, our guest, Jamie Allard, who we're going to introduce in a second, I bet she wishes that she had somebody like him helping her out on the Anchorage Assembly. Yeah, no bet. kidding. Well, as, as uh, let's pivot on that and let's uh, introduce Jamie. I, I know you're here listening quietly, and that's just rare for you just to listen quietly, usually a lot more vocal than that. But welcome to the show. Thank you, Suzanne. I'm trying not to giggle. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's, it well, should be rare. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, we're good friends. I'm, I'm a really good friend of, of Jamie's, therefore I can rib her and, and we have a really good time. Uh, and we always have a good laugh when we talk because politics can't be all just horrible and, and nasty. Although I tell you, the people that you deal with there on the Anchorage Assembly, it is a stunning how difficult some of those people are and how unreasonable they are. And it makes me think that, you know, you are kind of a Reagan, a Ronald Reagan conservative. You're not out there in, in, in on the edge. You're actually really a centrist conservative in what conservatives always considered to be normal. But these guys that you're dealing with on the Anchorage Assembly have moved so far left. And I just have to hand it to you. I admire you for being able to keep your cool as much as you do when you're dealing with them and all, their, all the crazy things they're doing. But now you are running for House District 22. And I, that's what we want to talk about first. You, you're you represent a lot of these people in that district in Eagle River, and now you're going to hopefully represent them in Juneau. Tell us about that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It was um, it was something I wanted to do anyways, and um, you know I've learned a lot on the assembly, and I've learned a lot working um, for Governor Dunleavy prior, and I'm I'm looking forward to representing the community of Eagle River at a different level now. Oh, well, that's... I will remain on the assembly until January of 2023. So it's it's not like I'm going away tomorrow. Oh. So we'll still have a little bit more fun on that assembly. Oh, that's great. And of course, you know, the opposition research, they're going to have their cameras on you every single meeting at this from this point forward. If they haven't already, they're going to be trying to figure out ways to trip you up. But um, so, you know, how has it... What do, what do you think you can bring to the table for going to Juneau and representing Eagle River. Uh, and what do you think that you're, you're gonna bring to the table in the legislature, uh, which is you've got 40 or 39 other people. What's Jamie Aller gonna do in Juneau? Well, I think I'm a, I'm a gal of my word. So I'm not yeah. gonna do something where my community doesn't stand by. And I, I think that was the most, the biggest um, obstacle that we've been trying to deal with lately is that our current representative um, maybe isn't representing the community like it sh like we should be. And so I'm, I'm looking forward to being that voice. I, I have not had any pushback at all, really within my community of my supporters of the direction um, that we're trying to have our city go. And I just want to be that voice and that trusted voice, that trusted conservative voice that people can count on. And they know that I'm not going to sway. Yeah, yeah. And, and uh, tell me a little bit about the boundaries of this new district, District 22. It's an, it, you know, people might not know that after redistricting, all of these boundaries in Anchorage spe specifically really moved around a lot, more so than in other places of the state, I think. And uh, actually, you've got a, a slightly different area, but this to me looks like Eagle River proper and then up to Arctic Valley. 
So tell me some of the, the geographic boundaries. I know that uh, that road that goes over the, the, the highway there at Glen Allen, I can't remember, is it Armory Road or something? Mm -hmm. uh, artillery, artillery Road, that's kind of the boundary. What are some of the other geographic like uh, high points for that district? Right, so we actually start at the Highland Road exit and we go all the way back until the road dead ends off Highland Road. So then we go all the way back off of uh, Eagle River Road too. So we, and it goes all the way back to our nature center. So we have all that industry and all the, all those houses. And we go as far over um, north as Eagle River Loop. And we've, we've kind of taken in the redistricting, brought in a little bit more of the downtown, which used to be more part of uh, District 13, which is now District 24. And then now we go all the way up to the highway. So we've taken in a little bit more, but it's not so much that it, it's different from what the old District 14 was. So District 22 is, I would argue, probably one of the most conservative districts in the state. I absolutely would. And I know I know this district. I know uh, individuals' houses by just meeting their dogs. So I'm very familiar with it um, when door knocking. So I'm excited. Right, because you've uh, you've door knocked in this area as you ran for assembly. And also when you made your first run for office, which you ran for house. And unfortunately, the unions uh, came after you and, and we got a, a union candidate who then, of course, uh, immediately abandoned the Republican caucus and moved over to the Democratic caucus. That was really unfortunate for the entire state that, that we had somebody who was actually a turncoat who got elected from Eagle River. Hopefully they'll make a better choice this time. Well, so... Um, you know, what are the people of Eagle River really looking for in a representative? I mean, obviously they they made they made a mis, sort of mistake last time. They got uh, Kelly Merrick in there, and she absolutely turned on them. So, what are they actually looking for? You know, they're looking for family values. They're looking for integrity and trust. They're looking for returned phone calls. They're looking to see their representative at meetings and functions and town halls and involvement. Just because we're down in Juneau doesn't mean we can't come home on the weekends. It doesn't mean we can't be involved in our communities. We missed out um, as an assemblywoman. I, I see that I'm in those community council meetings and those events, but I didn't see our representatives there. And that is something that Eagle River is really involved in community um, giving back. And that is what I wanna keep going. And that's what we're gonna have to do. But we gotta stick to our values of what the community wants. Um, but you know, what do you think that um, you've got? You've gotten so many people supporting you right out of the mm -hmm. gate. You've got tons of support. You have fifty people on your sponsor list for your first fundraiser, which is coming up on the ninth, sixth, seventh, eighth. What what day is your fundraiser coming up on December 9th? It's on the it's on the ninth of December. Yep, and we're you're right. I do have a lot of those strong supporters, but I have to tell you, these are people that I've met over time that um, I've broken bread with, I've had dinner with, I've traveled with, I've had breakfast with, I've had many times where these people have become my friends and I believe I've proven myself to them and they know that I'm not gonna let them down. There is a thing where people aren't trusted in government. There's politicians who aren't trusted. I wanna go past that. I want people to come back around, trust us. And I also want kids to run around and say, wow, you know, back in the day, I say this, I'm 50, when we used to want to be the president of the United States of America. Like when said, right. who do, what do you want to be when you grow up? I want to be the president. I want that to come back. So people need to be able to trust their government, that their government is going to be a noble institution and not um, degrade 
the institution itself with some of the things that they do. So, so John, I know you're on the other line there. Uh, do you have any questions for Jamie that you, that you were yeah, thinking Jamie, of? Um, you know, one of the things, Jamie, I think you've done really well at is um, being able to kind of get people excited about showing up to the table again. Um, and why do you think it's important for people to show up to meetings, to make phone calls to their elected officials, to get involved? Uh, why is it important for the average, you know, hockey mom or hockey dad to get back in the ring and, and lend some hours or some money to efforts around the state? Well, we already saw a difference of what happened when we rallied the forces. So we've seen people turn out time and time again. We've seen new people get elected. We just elected our mayor. That was because the community woke up and all the individuals came out to say, this is the direction we want to go. These are the things that we're going to have happen. And based on that, we, we, we need people to be involved so we can change our politics. Who's got a dog in the room? That's what I want to know. I hear, I hear that must be, that must be your dog, Jamie. How adorable. Sorry, that's Jose. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. That's real world. That's real life. That is real life. No kidding. Well, that's, you know, I, that, that is actually really hilarious. Um, so, so he's got, he's got something to say about it as well. So John. Yeah. What, uh, what do you think is one of the biggest things you've learned while being an assembly person uh, for the city of Anchorage? Patience, just patience. Um, and I think that's because you know, you gotta, trying to build bridges here and sometimes more is said when you don't say anything. So you have to learn patience because sometimes when you introduce or you, you have that conversation with individuals on the assembly, they might disagree with you at that moment, but you have to be patient enough to listen to them as well because they need to be able to digest what you said and you have to digest what they said. And if you do it right, both sides, we could come together on a lot, like to be honest, probably 92 to 93% of the time, I actually vote with the assembly. There's these core issues I cannot wrap my head around as much as I try. I really like my freedoms and I like my rights. And there are those things that I just, that's not government's place to take those things away. So I would say patience, trying to learn from the other side is, um, could be challenging. I, I have a lot of Democrat friends. So progressives are a little bit um, different than I am, but we're, we're getting there. We're getting there. You know, it's really interesting because I, it's, it's fascinating to hear that you have um, progressive friends because uh, a lot of us who are conservative, we started out as progressives. I know I, I started out as progressive and I, I wouldn't say mm -hmm. that I was super liberal, but um, but the progressives nowadays are so hardcore, they, they can't be friends with conservatives. And I never remember being like that when I was more of a progressive. I always respected people's views and I, I may not have agreed with them because I didn't understand them. But um, boy, it's, it gets a little tough these days because you uh, find that they disown you as friends or family if you are conservative. And I'm sure that you've had your fair share of that. Yeah, I'm learning things um, every day with... Um you know, where people stand on certain issues. I was, I say brought up in the military because I was in the service and we're all the same. And there was no room or time to think of anything that was going to tear us apart because at any moment we could be literally in a foxhole fighting for our lives together. So um, this is different type of, I feel atmosphere that I'm in and I'm, I'm doing my best to represent those who need that, that representation. 
Yeah, and you do have a lot of military people in your district, isn't that correct? We do. We have about 25% of military in our district. Um, it's one of the highest districts with military, whether they're, they're retired, whether they're married to military, whether they're veterans, whether they're still active duty. We, we have a huge percentage of military. So if you were to go down to any location in Eagle River, you would run into somebody who's either mar married to or, or is military. That is accurate. Very good. Um, and, and so let's turn for a minute to talk about the assembly and the, you know, what's coming up on the calendar on Tuesday. And I wrote a little bit about this on, on uh, Sunday, Jamie. I just um, wrote a story about how uh, you've got an ordinance in front of you that actually changes the municipal code and it limits the ability of the public to come in and observe the ballot counting process at Election Central down there on, um, on Ship Creek where the election office is now located. And it's a big building, kind of a warehouse down there. And that's where all the ballots end up and where all the counting takes place, which is unusual because in the old days, um, you know, we, we did elections differently, but with these mail-in elections that we have now, all the ballots go down there and then they get counted. And um, in the past, campaigns have been able to have, oh, up to four observers. And all of a sudden, this ordinance has come forward, which seems to be in reaction to the most recent election where uh, Barbara Jones, who is the municipal clerk, had some real heartache with the, the Bronson observers. She didn't appreciate them. She was uh, short with them. She treated them very poorly. And she ended up with, you know, kind of cross-threaded with the, some of the Bronson observers. And now here comes an ordinance that says only one observer per campaign. That observer has to follow the observer handbook. And Barbara Jones herself is in control of the observer handbook and can change it at any time. And, and then if she changes that handbook at any time without any supervision, she can change it and they have to observe it. And she can also kick them out of the building if she decides that they're just not suitable. So that's an ordinance that you and your fellow um, assembly members will be hearing on Tuesday. Did I catch most of the high points on that? You did. The, there is a where she does, the clerk wants to reduce it uh, to get to the assembly down to one person. We'll start off with four, but I think what she's trying to convey is if there's 15 persons that are running, for example, mayor, four times 15, that's quite a few people sure. in that area, and that she does have the luxury of reducing it down to one. Now, I would have to argue that that's not how we should go. We're going to put amendments forward saying, okay, well, what, what's going to trigger that? Like, what are you bringing forward to say, you know, we're going to reduce this amount based on what reasoning? that has to be addressed. So that's gonna be a little challenging for the rest of the assembly members to come on board with those amendments. The transparency that we're showing on this, these changes in Title 28, I'm not in agreement with. And the reason I'm not in agreement with it is because are we doing these changes because we had so many people come out and vote and it actually helped our voting process. They helped people get out. These people were given the opportunity by individuals that were running a campaign that said, hey, you know what? Your vote didn't count. Let's help you. We can fix that. And to change that, it, it, it almost feels like it's not gonna be transparent anymore. And some of the other topics was, that she didn't want the videoing to go on inside of the building while the ballots are being counted. That's not transparency. Then they also, I say they, the 
I'm on the elections committee, but Barbara also wanted, well, let's not say Barbara, the clerk's office wants to also bring forward that the persons who are inside the facility as volunteers can't have cameras either. I have a problem with that. We are now passing a law, or we have already passed a law for body cams on police officers. And to say that an individual can't come in as a volunteer and record what's going on, that's not transparency. So I don't know what we would want to be hiding, not allowing those individuals to do that. I, I find there's no problem with it. So there's, well, there's quite a few things that need to be addressed. So in, in the, during the last election, there were observers for the Bronson campaign, and they did have cameras inside there, and they, they did record some things that mm -hmm. some of them were mis misunderstood, some of them were legitimate. Uh, I, the one woman took a picture of Assemblymember Chris Constant delivering a massive bouquet of flowers mm -hmm. to the city clerk while the mm -hmm. counting was in process, and he was also a functionary of the Forrest Dunbar campaign. So here you have yep. somebody who is a campaign worker, who is also a sitting assemblyman, which means he is the clerk's boss, and he's delivering her a big $70 bouquet of flowers right in the middle of counting. And that was recorded by camera and uh, from, an, um, from the Bronson campaign volunteer. That's the kind of thing that a camera can pick up that um, that you know, if somebody just came out and said that that happened, it would be a he said, she said. And um, yeah, there were other there were other things that were photographed that ended up being important. But um, it seems like the argument that they have is that there are cameras in the facility that are running, you know, not twenty four seven, but during working hours um, mm -hmm. that are pointed at the various areas, and that that should be good enough. But for those of us, I'm just telling you as a citizen, for those of us who are watching that, and we do watch that, we really can't see what's going on. It's very fast. No, you can't. No, it's, you can't. Not, it's, it's not acceptable. No, it's not. And I can give a, a great example. If you're ever in the assembly chambers, what happens in the assembly chambers is very, very different than what you're going to see on camera. So oh, anytime no. the chair gavels in or out, there are things that are seen and heard. You can't see or hear when someone says something under their breath or their eye contact. So when you take that off, there is many things that the uh, public misses. That's right. And it's the same thing with the transparency in the elections. So there, uh, there's moves we're going to make to amend. We have to have complete transparency. There is absolutely nothing wrong with cameras being situated in every angle in that facility so the public can see. There's Unless you're trying to hide something. And I don't believe that's their intention but the perception of the public could see that that could be the intention and we don't want that. Yeah, and in a time when um, the public is really having a hard time wrapping its mind around elections in general because we've got so many sort of loopholes, we've got some problems with, with uh, all in the mail-in voting all over the country where it's we're finding ballots in ditches where uh, we have some questions about uh, whether or not ballots are being counted or, um, or or whether or not there are legitimate ballots being counted. Somebody, you know, there's, there's, there's a fraudulent voting and there's a lot of concern about the legitimacy of elections, ever, especially ever since the COVID era when a lot of things went to the mail-in ballot. Um, so the one thing that I noted is that in general, the laws tend to want to give more liberty and more access and more transparency to the public throughout our country's history 
And this is one where you have a law that is, is creating less transparency, less access, and then it's creating less trust. That's true. There's, we have election integrity issues. And in order to bring the public on board and to trust the election process, we have to be more transparent. And I was looking at the numbers, the cost is definitely increased. And also the fact of with mail-in ballots and the fact that it's very interesting to watch, but if you see when we voted in, when I say we, the assembly, and back in 2017, and then it took effect in 18, as soon as that took effect, different people, different types of um, values were being elected to the assembly. So mm -hmm. it shifted in a direction that's um, interesting to watch. So we started losing seats. And when I say we, you know, people, the uh, Republicans, I'm just gonna say Republicans. So now all of a sudden the assembly is, is absolutely imbalanced. And before we've never seen that, but we don't have a balance on the assembly anymore. And all of a sudden the, the imbalance plus the mail-in ballots I believe have played a huge play in it with those mail-in ballots. And that didn't go to the vote of the people. The assembly were the ones that decided they wanted to have mail-in ballots. And I, that's just an injustice to me. If we were gonna have mail-in ballots, it should have gone to the vote of the people, period. No questions asked. Well, that might be something in you get to Juno, you might be able to um, get some legislation up that says um, that before a community can go to mail-in ballots, they have to have a referendum from the people. The people have to vote on it because I think if the people might've voted on it before and said, yeah, that sounds good. But now that we've seen exactly how it works and how many ways that it, it can um, go wrong, I'm not sure that the people of Anchorage would actually vote in favor of it at this point. We, we know an awful lot more about it. Well, it seems likely That's, to pass. That is absolutely. Go ahead. Oh, that is, sorry, there is a delay, but that is absolutely one of my number one things that I wanna work with Senator Schauer and some other legislators on um, is the, we need, I, I find it disheartening that we have different types of voting rules depending on what what um, municipality you live in and there we have to set a standard and I think it's very confusing for most so that is election integrity is, is at the top of my list well and if if we don't pull that together I'm, I fear that Eagle River may actually exit the municipality and then that would leave Anchorage as a uh, a, a very very far left leaning um city and it would, it would sort of disintegrate into sort of a, a Seattle, San Francisco scenario. But what, you know, it seems like it's, it's going to pass because you've got a lot of uh, leftists on the assembly and you've got Barbara Jones, who is, is crafting this as the, uh, the city clerk. So what can the public do? I mean, this meeting is on Tuesday night. It's at five o'clock down at the uh, Lusak Library ground floor. And what's the public's role in this? Well, I usually wait about the day before or two days before. I'm gonna go ahead and post the link on my social media so the public can go ahead and click on it. They could read it. It's about 14 pages. It's not too long, uh, but they come out and testify. We have dinner and sent agenda, which is about 7.30 that we re we come back in to talk about these uh, issues that we'll be voting on. So if the public shows up about seven o'clock tomorrow, they'll be able to come out and testify on this topic of title. Um, 28 and it's 2021-110. It's it's pretty important issue and um, it's right at the top of my list. 
Yeah, and, and, and glad you mentioned that. Go ahead, John, you, you were gonna say something. I was gonna say, what, what uh, <clears throat> Jamie, what do you hope you're, you know, let's say we're a year from now and you're in, on the house, what do, you, what do you hope your legacy will be uh, as an assembly person in Anchorage as you look back on it? Oh, wow, that's, um, that question actually makes me pretty emotional. I would like people to look back and just say that they came out to be part of the process with the assembly and local politics because I got them out there to do it. I hope they sit there and say, you know what, if it wasn't for Jamie, I probably wouldn't be part of this, this, this part of the community and the politics. And if any, if I can just go away from the assembly, getting people motivated to get more involved in local politics, I, I would be one happy camper. I'd be okay. Well, and I think you've actually done that. I mean, we all know that Barack Obama is a huge community organizer, but he's got nothing on you. You have been able to rally the forces. And when you rally the forces, they follow, they, they show up and they, they turn out. And I imagine some of your, your strong lefties on the um, assembly, they ought to be big donors to your campaign for house because I know they probably want to get rid of you so that they can have their way without you pointing out their hypocrisy and their absolute disdain for, um, you know, a lot of things that we consider to be just plain old human decency. Well, we're coming to the end of our show and it just, boy, this really went fast. I want to thank you so much, Jamie, for, for being on the show and wish you all the best in your fundraiser at the Petroleum Club on uh, the 9th, I believe, at 5.30 and it's, um, it's Thursday. And I uh, wish you a Merry Christmas. Please give our best to Dan and the girls as well. And to, um, to your dog there, Jose, as well. And thank you, John, for uh, being on the show today. Thank you, Scott Levesque. Everybody, check out all of our stories at mustreadalaska.com. And if you're a supporter of Must Read Alaska, I just want to thank you so much. It makes it possible for us to keep standing up for what's right in Alaska. And if you want to support the conservative side of the news here, the donate button is there on the right-hand side of the page. And we will continue standing strong against the big blue tide of that liberal media through thick and thin. We're going to be here next year for sure. Until next week, we're signing off from somewhere in Alaska.